the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey friends, this is Dr. Trudy, the host of The Christian View. Today's hot topic is on fighting for our youth. We have a special guest, Pastor Ben Calhoun, who is an amazing youth pastor. He's going to share his insight on what we need to do to fight faithfully for our youth in this generation. You don't want to miss this. We'll be right back here on The Christian View. With everyone in the world with their own view. Ever wonder if God has a view? And, and that's what the show's all about. What's God's view versus our view? Topics that affect our daily life. Empowering and inspiring. Right. To develop a heart, a kingdom mindset, you know. <laughs> because God does have a view. Your host, Dr. Trudy Simmons. The Christian View. Welcome to The Christian View. What a great audience we have today. Thank you all for being here, and thank you all for having us into your home. And for those listening by podcast or radio, we take today's hot and challenging topics, and we weigh it against the Word of God, because God does have a view, and He has a view for you. So grab your coffee, get out your Bibles and your pens and paper. We're going to dive into the Word of God, and we're going to talk today about what it means to fight for our youth. But before we do, I want to introduce who's around the table. I have the beautiful Trudy Davis. Thank you so much. Pastor Lee Adams, always a pleasure to have you. We have a special guest today, Pastor Ben, and I'm going to share a little bit about him and why he's here in just a minute, and the beautiful Candace Kirkpatrick from Nashville. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm excited about our topic today. So if you've been following the Christian view for any amount of time, you know that I have an amazing son who just turned 16 a couple months back, um, but before that, I got the privilege of driving him to school each and every day, and I loved it. He doesn't know that, but he's actually in the audience today, so I'm going to try not to embarrass him. But anyway, driving him back and forth to school, we would have these amazing conversations, and he came home one day, and he's like, Mom, you've got to do a show with Pastor Ben, because our youth are in trouble, and I can't think of anyone better for you to have on your show to talk about the youth than Pastor Ben. And the story about Pastor Ben is we moved to Roswell, and we didn't know anybody. Jonathan didn't know anybody, and we just started this new church. And so I call up Pastor Ben. I'm like, Pastor Ben, I need you. I need you to come and, um, you know, help me figure out, you know, how to transition into this new 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 area of life in Roswell. And um, he came and took Jonathan to lunch, and they just developed this amazing friendship. So thank you so much for pouring into my son and then so many other young people. But according to Jonathan and to most parents, our youth are in trouble. Absolutely. They are in trouble. So what do you think are the biggest challenges that our youth are facing today? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on, on you guys. And it's sweet that you said that about Jonathan, because I'm, I'm here. I was relatively new and I'm like, I'm just going to go take him to lunch. Yeah, you know? yeah. And you, little, you don't realize those little things make such a difference. Right. You know? And so, yeah. um, but to, to answer your question, what are the challenges? I think first off, primarily there's this identity crisis and that's a, that's a word that's commonly thrown around. But I think second to that is this biblical illiteracy. And those are not two separate issues, but really they're kind of they're really one in the same and they, they go hand in hand. And I, I believe that we see a, an example of that through scripture. Um, if you remember, y'all remember the story of 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, yes. right? And so in the book of Daniel, and we all remember the fiery furnace. We all remember them, them standing their ground and, and standing up for the faith. But we forget, or maybe we, we don't realize, prior to that, they... The, the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar had come in, right? And he had taken them as captives. Right. He had taken them out of the nation of Israel. And then he had began really reprogramming them. He had began indoctrinating them. He, he changed the way that they thought. He changed right. the way their diet. He changed really everything about who they were so that hopefully, eventually, they would change who they were worshiping, right? Right, interesting. And so... When, when we see this happen on a cultural sense, what I believe is happening right now is us in the Western world, we've lived so long in this cultural Christianity, mm-hmm. right? We lived in this gray area. We've been able to sit on the fence and, mm-hmm. and dabble one foot in the world, right. one foot in, good or bad, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah. but we've had this privilege of being able to, to live this cultural Christianity. Well, the way, the way culture and the way Babylon is coming in, I would say right now, is it's, it's driving a wedge. It's dividing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sifting the wheat from the chaff, if you will. And, right? and so our students are right in the middle of, of this divide. And, and re, we, even as parents and mm-hmm. as leaders, are, right. are in this position saying, hey, what are we going to do? How, how are we going to choose? What are we going to decide? Are we going to... Are we gonna, Go on this side of the line, yeah. or are we gonna are we gonna stay firm to who we are, right? And so I believe I, what I see is this this divide and this identity crisis. It's it's not around a, a certain political agenda. It's not even around a certain action or behavior. Lord knows we can go around this table and share all the flaws, all the failures that we've we've had. But what it really comes down this identity crisis is. Are we going to be the people of God? Are we, gonna, are we going to do what the people of God do? Or are we going to give in to the pressures of Amen. this world? Are we going to give in to the compromises that we see happening in Babylon? And so um, I think th- this also, like I said, goes hand in hand with the biblical illiteracy. Because, again, in this Western context, we've been, we've been under the influence of people that have have tickled ears and that have watered down the gospel have watered down the good news. And so our students, it's no, it's no surprise. They, they, they have this watered down version of the gospel. They have this, this gospel that just says, Hey, you can, you can be whoever you want to be. You can identify however you want to identify and be a a person of Mm -hmm. God, a people of God. And I, I believe in scripture that he's saying, no, Jesus would say, no, among you, it is to be different. Right. right? Among Absolutely. you, there is a, there is a difference. There is a line, right? And so um, getting back to the, to the biblical Ill- illiteracy, our kids, our children are not in the word of God, not from a, not from a programmatic discipleship mm-hmm. perspective. So when they, when they aren't in the word of God, they, they forget what, who they are, right? That's where we get our grounding. That's where we get our identity. They forget who we are. And when, when the enemy can get us to forget who we are, then we, then we forget what we are called to do. Then we forget that we are the people of God, that we don't bow down to Babylon, that we don't bow down to the cultural lies that are going on around us. And we give in, we give in to the pressure. And so really, I think that from what I see, it's it starts with the parents. It Amen. starts with us. We're going to take people. a short break. Sure. We'll be right back. We'll be sure. right back with more on fighting for the youth here on the Christian View. Don't go away.
Yeah. Welcome back to the Christian View. We're talking today about fighting for our youth, and we're so excited to have Pastor Ben here. Thanks for joining us today. Um, he had some great, I thought, amazing comments for the first half. So if you're just tuning in, make sure you go back and listen to the first half of the of this show. But, um, but Pastor Lee, I want to talk to you. I asked actually Jonathan to come up and answer this question for me because okay. he's 16 and and he's like, absolutely not. So I'm going to ask <laughs> you. You know, Scripture says in Proverbs 22:6 to train up a child in the way they should go. When they are old, they will not depart from it. Yes. But in today's society with latchkey kids, with, you know, um, iPads as babysitters, you know, as been mentioned, have an identity crisis. Are we failing our, our youth? Well, I would say that's um, one of those answers that can go either way. And it depends on what you're identifying as in what area. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, what I see, we're failing um, to recognize more what's important to our youth versus what's important for them. And I think it goes back to what Pastor um, was saying earlier about the spiritual literacy, because it was ironic because when we were talking about that, one of the areas where we see that our youth are in the most trouble, even in the pedagogical side, is in the area of literacy, you know, and competence. So I think it goes hand in hand. And I was always taught, you know, so go with the church, there go with the world. So, you know, if the church is um, having uh, this deficit of spiritual literacy is not to me, you know, a, a no brainer, then we would see it also happening in our regular society as people are illiterate. And I think for parents, when we say failing, I would say they're probably meeting the needs like, you know, making sure kids got food, right. the basic Maslow's right. hierarchy and needs. But we're missing the mark on that spiritual literacy on the aspect, not in your home or in some of our other homes. But a lot of parents don't really know how right. to train up that child yes. in the way of the spiritual concept. And we are now living in a world where if kids say they don't want to do something, you know, parents are really obliging kids and you're giving in and saying, okay, and well, you don't exactly. have to do that. Yes. And that's what I want to address is how parents seem to have lost their mantle of authority, yes. that yes. they 100%. are the number one authority in their children's lives. And I think even the parents have gotten an identity crisis of, of not believing that they are equipped to tell their child yes yeah. and no. And I yeah. really don't have to give you a whole lot of explanation right. about it because God put me in charge of you because you are not an adult yet. And so I really think what we need is to encourage parents to take back their authority. It's not the government. It's not the school. It's no one except for you leading your children in the way that they should go. And for a certain season, don't you think, Ben, we're not called to be our Kid, a parent's best friend. A parent's are not called to yes. be their yes. best friends at, at, at certain points in life. That may come older later as they grow up, get married, but there's a season, yes, that we have to be able to discipline in love, yes. speak truth in love, say yes and say no with authority yes. and not go back and forth. 100%. And to, to, to finish what was, was talked about earlier, can't, you were, you're talking about, yes, you can't, you can't be the parent's, the kid's best friend, and you can't even say, because I said so, no. right? Yes. But what you can say is, this is not who we are as the people mm-hmm. of God. I love that. This is Good. not who we are as, as an identity in Christ. This is not how we characterize ourselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, so so we can even change our language. You yeah. know, and yeah. try to cut, but but we say no. This is just not who we are. Mm-hmm. But I'm I love that. So that even in Christian families, there's this tendency to outsource discipleship. Yeah. Like, oh, 100%. absolutely. Let the youth pastor yeah. take care of it. Let their their uh, their youth group or whatever. T- 
schools, church camp, yeah. school yeah. handle it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we as parents have to be actively involved, intentional in mm-hmm. discipling our mm-hmm. children. We were we took our son when he was pre-K, K, I can't remember what, to a private Christian school. And she described it as, it's a three-leg prong. And I was thinking, wait a minute, it doesn't need to be a three-leg prong. I want our house to be a house that is serving the Lord. And so, it, oh, you know, in uh, Deuteronomy good. 6, 6 and 7, it talks about how we, we teach our kids, this, we teach yes. the command, we teach the word of God. We can't leave that up to somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to get back probably to having dinners together so mm-hmm. that we can talk about the things mm-hmm. of God. What does scripture really say about, Amen. you know, X, Y, and Z, right? Is, and as Pastor Ben said earlier too, you know, one of the things when we talk about the three Hebrew boys, their indoctrination had already been placed in them. Mm-hmm. So when they got in a foreign land, it could not be, you know, no one could take that away. And I think that's so important as parents, you know, that we understand that when we say train them up, if we put that foundation in them, when they encounter these false teachings and all these other things, you know, we we won't leave them um, in a place with an empty heart. Right. And we're seeing a lot of that. They don't have the heart for God or the desire for God because it wasn't placed in them earlier. Right. And the government knows that. I mean, that's what communists has always said. Give me your children before they're five and, and they true. will be communists yeah. the rest of their life. And I, and I think we're seeing that shift where... You know, the government, which, of course, when I say that, I don't mean it's all bad. But, you know, Satan has his plan. Mm-hmm. He knows he what does. he's doing. He knows 100%. identity. He knows exactly. this about yeah. identity. Right. But yeah. we cannot easily relinquish the reins, right. even when the, because mm-hmm. once they move out from our umbrella and they're in the world, I'm talking in the school, the, the, their peers become louder right. voices. Mm-hmm. The culture yeah. becomes yes. louder. It's, and the teacher yeah. is yes. everything. Whoever yes. is investing the, the most mommy. time in that child. Yeah. And that's one of my prayers for the, um, yes. for our family and for the kids under our household is that the Lord's voice would be the loudest yes. voice that they hear. Yes. Because you're hearing how many different voices? You're hearing your friend's voice. You're hearing your teacher's voices. Coaches. You, yeah. you have coaches' voices. You have the enemy's voice. And then you have God's voice. And you yes. want that voice yes. to be the loudest voice voice that they hear yeah. each and every Amen. day. 1,000%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I just think it's it's a battle. You know, it is. Satan it wants, is. He wants our it kids. Is. He wants it the is. next generation. And yeah. you see that, I'm sure, a lot yeah. being a youth pastor. 100%. I, you know, I love what you said earlier about they, they kept their faith even when they were in Babylon. It's because yeah. they had the word written on their hearts, yes. Yes. right? Yes. Even though they didn't have a Bible in their hand. Yes. And what a luxury we have, yes. yet we don't commit to it. Right. You know? I think there's that powerful word, commit. We have to commit. We have mm-hmm. to be disciplined enough right. to get in God's word. Exactly. No matter how tired we are, no matter how busy we are, get in God's word mm-hmm. and see what God's word has to say about every situation we're going through. We'll be right back with a little bit more here on The Christian View and Fighting for Our Youth. Don't go away. We're talking today about fighting for our youth, and we've had such a great discussion so far. Um, we've talked about, you know, the identity crisis that our that our youth are going through. We've talked about iPads, parenting, and, and so there's so much that our, our youth are struggling with, Candace. So how do we begin to even address these issues with our uh, with our youth? Because a lot of times their youth are like, oh, you're my parent, I don't want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And so how do you... How do we start addressing these these issues? Because we need to bring back our youth to Amen. a biblical understanding of what God's word says. I agree. And as a mom of three youth, I am passionate about <laughs> yes. the subject. First, I think prayer is essential. Mm-hmm. We're praying for the Holy Spirit to work in their lives. Yes. In their lives. We're praying for their ears to be open, their eyes to be open, their heart to be tenderized. Second, I think have 
as Pastor Ben was saying, have age-appropriate conversations with mm-hmm. them early on about what is impacting mm-hmm. them, and then give them space in your family to have authentic conversations and to have an alternative opinion and then listen to them without being shocked (laughs) because uh, my my being judgmental right yeah Yeah. exactly because our youth pastor says he asks his family what is something that you feel that you have come to believe which you may think that we disagree with And then go to the Bible Mm -hmm. because it says the word of God should be our standard because either scripture will be the lens through which we view the world or the world will be the lens through which we view scripture. And ultimately one or the other will be the authority. But Mm -hmm. in order to do the Bible, we have to get, let them see us in the word all the time that it has significance to us. And help them maybe memorize scriptures at an early age. Memorize scriptures that are relative to topics Mm -hmm. that impact them. Because they can see, ah, God has a view in this situation. Mm -hmm. So later on they may be tempted when there's a struggle or something they're coming up against to say, oh yeah, what does God's word say about that? And five I put... um, be intentional about setting aside yes. time to have a heart check with your child. Mm-hmm. That's good. And I say that because I had one child who was this outwardly conformed, knew how to be in every situation, in every Christian situation, but I was missing her heart. Mm-hmm. And I think that is critical. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want just a merely outward conformance. Right. Yeah. You want a heart transformation, and that only happens not only when the word gets embedded in them, mm-hmm. but when they see that you care about them and there's room for them right. to express a different opinion. Right. And, and again, not being judgmental, putting the phone down, turning off the TV, mm-hmm. spending yes. time. Just communicate and not react and not react. Right. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. so easy with your kids because you want to keep them in that box and you know protect them. And right. sometimes you react in a way that shuts them down. Right. But you're just doing it because you want to protect them. But ultimately, yeah. it doesn't get you what you want in the yeah. conversation. Right. Absolutely. And I love that what you said just about the spiritual aspect of it. Right. The the Holy Spirit is not this mysterious right. ghost. I mean, it's a tangible power. Amen. Right. Amen. And so. When you, as a parent, and and this is a charge to all of the parents out there, right, that when you discipline yourself, when you get in the Word of God and you allow the Word of God to get with Yes. get in you. Yeah. Yes. It's not a it's not an argument that you come and you present your case and I'm going to go I'm this is the first time I picked up my Bible in, right. in 2 weeks but I'm going to go find <laughs> yeah. my scripture. Right. Exactly. But the Holy Spirit yes. allow when you allow him to speak through you. He this is what Jesus promises that yes. he will will give you. He will remind you of the things <laughs> that he taught you. And so the Holy Spirit in that in that simple car ride a, a kid will say something yes. and the Holy Spirit will say this is now a time where you should speak truth in love. Yes. Right. You know, so I love yeah. that. And, and grace. Absolutely. I know, like yes. with me, you know, it's, it's, it's so important. We're saying, like, you know, still not even, I guess, even though it sounds cliche, it's training of a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. And I know when Candace was saying about dealing with your kids and not being shocked, you know, when you have this collaboration right. conversation and the things they say, I can remember when my youngest daughter left to go off to college and she was there um, and came home for like the Thanksgiving break and she 
was telling me she had changed and started going to another faith. Mm-hmm. And um, she talks about that, even, you know, and we had a conversation, long story short, about my reaction. You know, she said she thought I was going to hit the roof right, and right. I started doing all this. And she said, and you started saying, well, are you making sure you go all the time? Are you staying diligent in it? Mm-hmm. And she said, and, I, and she thinks because I didn't make a big deal about it, it just took away this thing, almost like it was a form of rebellion. Yeah. Right. But right. because I didn't make a big deal about it, you know, and I just went into prayer and let the Holy Spirit Spirit, as you said, lead me. And it was shortly thereafter, real quick, before I knew it, she identified what was wrong foundationally from what she was taught and got back on track. So I think, you know, those good collaborations and keeping that, um, keeping the foundation where your kids can talk to you Mm -hmm. about anything. And like you said, because I definitely was shocked. But (laughs) (laughs) I want to add to that and say also with like the people they date or their friends, Mm -hmm. Let make sure you invite them in, even if you don't really want to have them yes. for dinner. You just like to, you know, get in the day. But having their friends around you right. in yes. your Absolutely. home, you don't have to say a word That's because right. friends or girlfriends, boyfriends, because when they leave, then they'll come to you and go, oh, wow. Yeah, I heard that yes. without you right. saying a word. Right. I found that to be really effective because I raised two teenage boys and I kind of didn't want the girls in the house. I've but, already told Jonathan he can't date till he's done but, with college. Right. <laughs> Is that the right answer? I mean, yeah, okay. you're delusional. You cannot date till you're done with college. Um, but, you know, Pastor Ben, one, someone, one of my friends said to me one time that their son came home, and he was 19, 20, and he goes, I don't love God anymore. And she immediately said, went back and says, well, at least... Praise the Lord, he still loves you. Right. So what do we do with the with the, with the right. kids who fall away from their faith? You know, yeah. we've, we've trained them up, right. and they, they move off, yes. but then they fall away from their faith. Yeah. Man, you said it. Pray. Yes. <laughs> Prayer, it moves mountains. It, yes. I mean, it's, it's, it is the engine by which we can do anything in the kingdom of God, right? Um, and, and let's acknowledge that these are some strong forces, right? Yes. These are, yes. we're not wrestling against That's flesh good. and blood, but, but there is a ruler, and he... He has a strong grip, you know, so, so the only way to, to beat a strong man is for someone stronger. And so Jesus comes in and he does that. And then he gives us the power to then tap into the Holy spirit and pray and pray and pray for our kids to, to seek deliverance and then keep that open communication. Right. right? Like, I love what you said, you know, tell me, tell me about your faith, you know, tell me about this, explore every option because we know the truth, right? Right. We know that if, if we take every religion to the infinite degree and we compare it against Christianity, then, then all of these will find a fall, will find a fall, yes. but, but our faith is tried yes. and true. And so, Amen. yeah, Amen. I, I love that. Amen. Train up a child on the way they should go, and they yes. will, they will not depart And then from train non-ceasing. Non- and, and, yes. yes. non- and then when they take off in their cars, make sure you pray Psalms 91 over their yes. cars, you know, and just yes. bathe everything in prayer Amen. because there is a battle going on for our youth, but mm. we know in the end who wins, and that Amen. is Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll be yes. right back with a little bit more here on The Christian View. Don't go away. Christian View, we've had a great discussion today about fighting for our youth. Um, before we close, I want to make sure you check out what all these amazing co-hosts are doing with their ministry. They're doing amazing things for the kingdom of God. And then I want you to go and read Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7. It talks about how we are to talk about God's word to our children when we sit into, and when we rise and impress it on their hearts. God has a plan for your child and you're part of that plan. So stay connected to God, his word, and know that he loves you with an everlasting love. Bye-bye. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.